0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's
1: time for
0: kickoff. off
1: Kick the end zone. Touchdown!
0: With Bulmer, Esiason, and Mike Valenti.
1: Well, the long, winding road, it has led us here, people. This is it. This is all. This is the grand farewell to football. It is the Super Bowl. Boomers in Paradise, I'm in Detroit, but we're still pulling it off. Booms, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm doing great. You're telling me that Detroit is no paradise, I guess. Huh? Why, well, you don't
1: you don't like 38 degrees and rain for four straight days? Nah, no, hardly. No, it's
2: not it's not the way you want to be. It's, it's out here it's been unbelievable. The weather's been unbelievable. You know what it's interesting, Mike, is that the Super Bowl buzz doesn't seem to be here. I don't know why. It's it's a weird Super Bowl. I mean, I guess both teams are supposed to be here. Uh, the way that they played this year, how great their seasons were. And maybe that's why there's no Cinderella, so there's no buzz.
1: Yeah, but you know what the other thing is, Boomer? I think part of it is this two-week gap. We've talked about this. I, I think it makes football fans feel like the season ended two weeks ago. you got to just play the game the next week.
2: Yeah, you know, I told you about all the logistics that everybody goes through and all the problems that the teams have, and I think they're trying to minimize as many distractions as they possibly can for the teams themselves and try to get everybody as healthy as they can. You know, and Patrick Mahomes will benefit from this more than anybody else coming off of that ankle, and maybe even Jalen Hurts, too. Another week and, and to, or 10 days before he has to play again uh, it can only help the players, I, and I understand that. Sure. Uh, you feel the way that you do. But I just, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it's just, and I'm in the middle of it. I'm right here at Radio Row uh, in uh, Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas, in uh, uh, Phoenix. And I just I just don't feel the overall buzz for the game. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Maybe it's just my perception of things. but uh, Or maybe it's just because these two teams were the best teams throughout the season and, and they're finally here.
1: I think that's part of it, and we can we can get into it. I mean, look, Eagles minus one and a half. It has sat there uh, against the Chiefs. I talked to one of my clients and a guy who runs a sports book in Vegas. They do believe this number is moving to two or two and a half by game time. Total is fifty-two. Look, let's start out with what you said, Boomer. Truth or myth? And I know, you know, obviously, we always hear. Uh, I call it the Eugene Robinson, but like. Guys managing to get in trouble here before you go to the game. I mean, is it really that hard to keep a team together when your whole life is on the line here? You've worked your entire life to play this game?
2: You know, you call it the Eugene Robinson. I call it the Stanley Wilson. That's the other one. It happened in our Super Bowl where Stanley, unfortunately, the night before the game, uh, got uh, involved with uh, cocaine and things of that nature, and uh, our coach decided not to allow him to play the next day, and it certainly hurt us as a football team. Um, and the thing about uh, you know Stanley and what had happened to us was you know I, I think we were galvanized by it because you know we had tried to support Stanley for years and years and he we knew he had a problem um, I think I think all the players nowadays especially with social media probably feel like you know well, it's just be in our best behavior let's 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 make it an opportunity that's worthwhile and let's not screw it up so I'm I don't, I, don't, I don't ever suspect that we'll see something like Stanley or Eugene or even Barrett Robbins ever again.
1: Yeah. All right, let's go to the quarterbacks. Hurts, Mahomes, you brought it up. Both guys are dinged up in different ways. Right now, you believe Hurts is the healthier guy?
2: I, I think he is. I think uh, overall his uh, clavicle, whatever you want to call it, is uh, is probably about as good as it's going to be. Um, I would say that he is probably close to 100% right now. Now, Patrick, we saw last week or two weeks ago, he wasn't 100%. We all saw that. There was one where he was rolling to his left. He twisted on that right ankle, and it looked like he had that little shock Uh, because that that ligament down there is not 100%. But, you know, if he could play the way he did against the Bengals two weeks ago, you got to believe that he's getting close to 100% and that he should be okay. But – You know, he's going to have to defend himself against this defense. Uh, This defense will get after him, as we've talked about leading up to these uh, playoff games, just how good this uh, Eagle defense is. And the one thing about Patrick Mahomes, that's all he faces in these Super Bowls are the best defenses coming out of the NFC. So uh, he's uh, he's had history here before with these types of teams. And, you know, hopefully for him, he'll be able to get away from some guys and make some big plays.
1: But, you know, it's interesting, and, Boom, I know we're not going to – you know, I'm not going to flood this thing with props, but people do enjoy these. The The total for sacks in this game is five and a half, and I, I like the over. I think both these defenses are, are coming to eat. I, I yeah. think this is – these quarterbacks better protect their necks. This is, this is going to be a tough one.
2: I think it's going to be a tough one without question. You know, and you saw what Chris Jones could do. Uh, in a game when he is motivated and obviously everybody in this game is going to be motivated even though he's a little bit under under the weather this week yeah, I, I think that. by the time we get here to Sunday after an IV bag uh, every day I'm sure this week he'll be ready to rock and roll come Sunday so I, I agree with you I think the over in terms of sacks is definitely in play here.
1: Um, one note on Hertz too and Boomer I know it's something we've talked about and it's not Jalen's fault they, they haven't had to I don't want to be disrespectful, but they haven't had to play anybody based on, hey, Purdy's gone, now Johnson's in, the Giants, hey, no diss, they're my team, but give me a break. It was men versus boys. We haven't seen his passing efficiency be where it was pre-injury. Part of it is he hasn't had to. The other part, well, he hasn't really been sharp. Is there any concern for you that maybe this is just a new version of him until he's 100%?
2: You know, I think – it's, it's really been a rough go for him the last four weeks. And I know that he's trying to get into rhythm. I could see it, and I could see that he's getting frustrated. But what else is happening, while his frustrations are manifesting themselves, their defense is just smothering opposing teams. So they haven't had to do much. And I know that A.J. Brown is frustrated. I know that uh, you know the passing game for the Eagles hasn't lived up to the billing. And, you know, this has got to be a game where this has got to be a part of who they are because this is where they hold a distinct advantage. I think they have the best offensive line in football. They have two unbelievable wide receivers, a very underrated tight end. And you're going against, like I said last week for the, uh, for the Bengals versus the Chiefs, you're going against a... Uh, a young secondary that you should be able to throw the ball against so I think that's where the matchup lies and that's why I think we're going to see a much better passing game at the Eagles versus the Chiefs in Super Bowl
1: 57 yeah and Boomer I think the thing it comes down to as well is is the red zone you know like when when you're not sharp when that passing game's not clicking and you're settling for threes it's going to get you beat And I think both these teams have got to be better in the red zone. I mean, Eagles specifically. You think kicking field goals is going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, you got another thing coming.
2: You know, one of the prop bets that I love in this game, Mike, is going to be a touchdown scored by Jalen Hurts on the ground, of course. Uh, I think that uh, he is definitely going to be a factor down in the red zone. Uh, I know Patrick has a little bit of that in him, but not nearly as much as what uh, Jalen Hurts does inside the 10-yard line. So I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a touchdown in this game on the ground.
1: What do you make of the Chiefs wide receiving core? And I know we're we're a couple days out here, but but obviously Hardman out. Kadarius Toney was a full participant. Passing game factor or Jarek McKinnon banged up, don't know. How big of a where do you put the Chiefs skill players health in this game?
2: Well, as long as Travis Kelsey is okay, I, I think that's, that's the security blanket uh, yeah. for Patrick Mahomes. And we all know that. And, and guess who else knows that? The Eagles know that as well. And that's why it's interesting to watch Kadarius Toney's uh, wide receiver numbers go up as the week has gone on here. Because I think everybody believes there's no way that the Eagles are going to allow Travis Kelsey 10 catches at 140 yards and two touchdowns and they're going to try to do everything they can to take him out of the game. At least that's what I would do if I were playing against them, especially with what's going on at wide receiver for them. But the one thing about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the beauty of having somebody like Patrick as your quarterback, you could be as creative as you want and get as many people involved as you want in this game. And I think there's a lot of people out there that believe that Kadarius Toney is going to be a central figure in this game for whatever reason. And I, I kind of feel it myself that I think we'll see him somewhere around 50 to 60 yards receiving. And if he is as healthy as they say that he is, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a couple of those under handoff kind of things, those jet yeah. sweep types of things that Andy likes to run in his offense.
1: You know, what's interesting, and I know you saw it, but Kelsey was asked, you know, how do you consistently get this open? And he goes, Andy Reed, baby. But like, t- take me through it because we all know it. We know where the ball's going. And there's only so much you can do formation-wise. Hey, Kelsey's outside. Hey, he's tight to the formation. We're going to motion him. But how do they keep finding a way? It it's it amazes someone like me. It, it, provide some insight. What am I missing?
2: Well, first of all, you have a creative quarterback, and you have a quarterback that doesn't get nervous, and that quarterback can wait, and that quarterback will wait, and that quarterback will extend plays. And that's when he and Travis Kelsey really get into it, and uh, they are always are on the same page, and that really puts a defense in a very difficult position to try to double-team anybody. Or, you know, if he comes to me, I got him. If he comes to you, you got him. Now, all of a sudden, the quarterback's moving around, and all those rules go out the window. So those guys, when they when they come along with those kind of extemporaneous plays, they're, they're the ones that make it as creative as possible. The other thing that they do do, and I think this is really what Travis is talking about, is just how they design their plays. It's kind of like what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. There's a lot of formations. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of games going on in the backfield where linebackers and everybody are kind of locked in on uh, you know the running game. And the one thing about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs that actually has started to emerge is Isaiah Pacheco. Everybody now yep. knows that he is a powerful runner and that he is going to get the ball. So they got to keep their eyes on him too. Andy knows that, and they're going to use that as some of the distraction that is necessary to create those open spots down the field for Travis Kelsey.
1: All right, here's one I, Here's one theory I've had, and you can shoot this down, or, may, or maybe it's on point, but I think the fact that Kelsey went to Cincinnati in college as a quarterback, played the position his whole life, Nobody sit, it's like he knows, Boomer, he knows the exact spots where I can find a crease, I can sit down in the zone, make myself available, we always hear that term. I mean, is that just fan speak, or is that something that's real?
2: That's what you call football IQ, and he takes it out on the field with him, and he has a quarterback that has IQ off the charts, so the fact that they're both in sync with one another is not shocking. And the fact that they've had the years that they've had together means they're only going to get better probably for the next three or four years, assuming neither one of them gets injured. So it's not surprising to hear you say that, Mike, or even ask me that question. And I remember saying this about Joe Burrow. You know, he was an all-state point guard at Athens High School in Ohio. And when you tell me, when I found out that he was an All-State point guard, that told me that he was just more than a quarterback, that he was a great athlete who understands how to distribute the ball, whether it be on the hardwood or on the football field. And that's the thing that I love about Travis Kelsey. He brings that other side of it, that he played quarterback, that he understands the game, and he and Patrick Mahomes are now locked in one-on-one. So I, I, it doesn't surprise me what's going on here, but it does not – uh, mean that they can't be taken out of the game. And the only way you take him out of the game is if you rush Patrick Mahomes and you make him do something quicker than he would like. And that's where this pass rush
1: comes down for the Eagles. So let me give you it, – it, 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 its a beautiful segue. This is great. So let me give you something. You tell me if you buy this or not. This is from Bill Barnwell, and it's about the Eagles bringing pressure in this debate about whether you – do you dare blitz Mahomes? He goes, when the Eagles send extra pressure, good things happen. Posted a league-best QBR, 32.5, when they send more, five or more pass rushers. But opposing quarterbacks average a league low, 4.1 per drop back when blitzed. Philly defenders picked up sacks on a whopping 11% of blitzes, which is the fourth-best rate in the league. But when the Eagles don't blitz, they were still great. But the QBR fell from first to eighth. And here's the other angle. When they blitz and when they don't get home, they get ripped. So knowing what you're doing here, they are so effective doing it, are you willing to risk it for the biscuit against the supercomputer that is Mahomes?
2: I'm not changing anything that I do. I'm not. I'm going to play the game that I've played that got me to this record, that got me, that got me to the number one seed here in the NFC. Uh, to me, when I, when I look at this team, the Eagle team, what makes them so great is how aggressive that they have been both on offense and defense, especially defensively. So uh, they're not going to change at all. They're going to continue to do what they do best, and they're going to try to limit the amount of touches for Travis Kelsey. And I keep telling you, the best way to do that is by rushing Patrick Mahomes as as quickly as you can to to make him play faster, kind of like what he had to do against Tampa in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And I think that that's probably the type of game plan I think you're going to see from the Eagles.
1: All right, so break it down. Let's let's make the pick. Eagles are minus one and a half as we sit here right now. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Let's get. I think
2: the Eagles are going to win thirty-one to twenty-three, and I, I, you know, the numbers don't really mean much, but I just think that they have been on such a momentous rise, and they've been going on, uh, you know, playing at such a high level, really defensively in their running game, that I think they're going to be very, very difficult to stop for this uh, Kansas City defense and Steve Spagnuolo. So. I, I just think that the Eagles have all the momentum going into this game, especially defensively and with uh, their ability to run the football.
1: All right, here's, here's the problem. All week I go, how do I work my way around the Eagles winning a Super Bowl? They're best at line of scrimmage. Sirianni starts games fast. He does a great job jumping on opponents. All the unknowns with the Chiefs. You know what, Boomer, there's a part of me that looks at this and I go, all right, the NFC has been wholly inferior to the AFC all year. All the teams you and I liked and all the teams we felt were best resided in the AFC. And the Chiefs went out and did the job. And I just wonder if Mahomes is the difference. He is that guy. He's that dude. And that Hurts won't be able to match him. And that Andy Reid off a of bye week, which is magic. Cheeseburgers for all. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Chiefs here. I, I, I know it's crazy, but I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I, I don't have listen. a score, though. I am not as I know it's not as sexy as what you're providing, but I, I, I like the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, but there is a number. It's called the uh, over-under number at 52, so you've got to give me an idea. Over I'll go under.
1: 52. I'll go I under. Like I think there will be more field goals than people imagine. Earth is on Eagles and over, so your boy is going to be on Chiefs and under. How about that?
2: I like it. I like it. Well, All right, luck. so uh,
1: we'll see what happens. And I love the over in the sacks, five and a half. All right, here's what we're going to do. I We've got some fun for Boomer. Trivia. You're going to be a savant at your Super Bowl party, people. I have a question from every Super Bowl. we got league issues, lots to do. Don't make a move. Boomer in paradise. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to Kickoff with Boomer Esiason, and Mike Valenti.
1: Okay, people, so we're going to have a little fun, do a little something different. Because we don't have games to recap, Boomer is an oracle of NFL knowledge, a savant, a junkie. He is the father from Christmas Story with turkey. That is Boomer (laughs) to the NFL and the Super Bowl. So, Boomer, here's what I wanted to do. I saw CBS had a wonderful piece this week, and it's going to help our listeners be smarter at their parties. But I wanted to see if we could stump you, and I don't really think it's going to happen. So we're going to start Super Bowl 56 and work our way back. Oh, we'll geez. go back towards standard definition, <laughs> back towards black and white television. So we're just going to do these. And, again, I think you're going to nail most of them. But I want to have look, some fun with you here.
2: Can I just say something? I mean, I am 61 years old. I did play 14 years in the NFL. You know, And I'm not the sharpest tack in the box anymore. You know that.
1: Don't, say, don't stand back. Don't do it. You're, you're, no, dude, just... you are a Viking monster. Cut it out. Let's go. All right, here we go. For instance, Super Bowl 56, which of these receivers finished the Super Bowl with 100 yards receiving? A, Cooper Cup, B, Jamar Chase, C, T, Higgins, D, OBJ. Yeah, B, Cooper Cup. It's T, Higgins.
2: Oh, my God. See, I told you. I can't even All remember right, okay. last year.
1: That's right. Look, relax. This is just about it. It's educational. It's not a competition. <laughs> Super Bowl 55. Here we go. This is your boy. Now, I know you know this. Who caught Tom Brady's final Super Bowl touchdown pass? A, Gronk, B, Evans, C, Godwin, or D, Antonio Brown?
2: Please tell me it was Gronk. It was A, B. Oh, my God. See, I, you're asking me these questions. You're trying to trip me up. I see what you're doing. No,
1: I am not. Boomer, <laughs> this is simply educational. You know, that's
2: amazing. I, 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 I'm, I'm even thinking, was A.B. even there? I couldn't even remember that he was there. Oh, my listen, God.
1: Listen, yeah, but th- that, that's the fun of this. Is like <laughs> when you go back and understand stuff. Boomer, you yes. want to reverse this and fire these my way. I don't know how great I'm going to do. The point is, this weekend, everyone's getting together. I want people to be able not to walk into their party. I want them to saunter in and well, have not a fun to
2: us. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Super Bowl Fifty Four. Okay. Chiefs. Chiefs win 31-20. Yes. What Super Bowl record did your man Pat Mahomes and his Chiefs break during this Super Bowl? A most yards passing. B most third down conversions. C, most fourth-down conversions, or D, most fourth-quarter points. You know this, and America believes in you.
2: Most fourth-quarter points.
1: Got him. There you go. Now now the engines are getting warmed up. He's just (laughs) cracked an energy drink. All right, here we go. Yes. Super Bowl 53. The combined 16 points in this Thrill Fest between the Pats and Rams— was the lowest-scoring Super Bowl. How many plays were run in the red zone in this defensive slugfest? This is a stunner. This is how you saunter into your party. Ready? Yes. A, zero. B, one. C, two. D, three. Plays run in the defense's red zones in this game. It was one. One. I'll give you credit for it because you, you knew you had the right idea. I, I, well, how, I mean, that,
2: okay. I think you were asking the question, leading me to the answer. So, and and obviously, you know, to me, I'm trying to think. I was that the play that uh, Brady threw to Gronk for the touchdown pass? I think
1: that might be. It might. I think it was from like the 24 yard line. Yes. I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. It's just a fun stat. All right, let's let's we'll get back at it. Here we go. Another boomer guy. Tom Brady, your man. Yep. Here we go. In defeat, Brady set a Super Bowl record for passing yards. How many yards did he throw for? 495. That's choice A. Choice B, 500. Choice C, 505. Or choice D, 515.
2: 505.
1: He sandbagged everyone, people. Correct answer. Correct. See? That's all yeah. What do you got in your little special beverage there? What is that?
2: I'm just trying to stay alive, Mike. I'm just trying (laughs) to stay alive.
1: (laughs) Don't tell me that that's a little Casamigos to start the day. Take it easy. All right, here we go. Down 28-3. The Patriots rally to, to, to defeat Atlanta in OT. Which Patriots player scored the first overtime TD? Choice A, James White. Choice B, LeGarrette Blount, C, Edelman, D, Brady. James White. He's on fire. (laughs) If you were a child of the 90s like I was, this is NBA Jam. He's heating up. Here we go. Super Bowl 50. Von Miller took home the MVP after forcing two fumbles of Cam Newton. Miller also led his team in sacks. How many did he have? A, two. B, two and a half c three or d three and a half this is tough and there's no shame if you don't get it
2: i'm gonna say i'm gonna say two and a half
1: and another one he's on people boomer see you were sandbagging you're killing it now here we go shake up that bottle again here we go all right super bowl 49 malcolm butler The ill-fated Daryl Bevel play call. Here we go. Butler comes up with one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history. Picks off Russell Wilson. 26 seconds to go. Which player was Russell Wilson's ill-fated pass intended for? A, Doug Baldwin. B, Chris Matthews. C, Ricardo Lockett with an E on the end of it. Or D, Tyler Lockett. No E.
2: I'm going to say I remember the play because it was a uh, two receivers to the right. It was underneath. I want to say the ball was intended for, I want to say Chris Matthews.
1: It was Ricardo Lockett. And if it makes you feel any better, I had to go back and look at the video because I thought the answer key was wrong. I thought it was Tyler Lockett. No, it was the other lock it
2: and the all reason right. they threw the reason they threw the ball just real quickly is because yeah, New England went into their goal line defense and they had everybody packed in inside and uh all I all I know is that they read the play perfectly outside and that's why that Malcolm Butler was able to make that play so
1: well that was two things there all right a settle the debate once and for all your you get to redo it do you just hand it to Lynch one time
2: I, I gotta give it to him one time I have to okay But I know what they did. I I know exactly what they saw and why they did what they did. But the way that Marshawn Lynch had been running on that series and the momentum that he had, it didn't matter if they would have had 13 guys on the other side. I don't think they would have stopped him.
1: The other thing that came out of that was, didn't Malcolm Butler say that they had seen them run that play a couple times in the regular season and they read it, knew it, called it out, that's how he jumped the route?
2: I think the other corner out there was Browner. And Browner came from Seattle. And Browner had seen that in practice a lot. And Browner and he probably discussed it while they were out there. This is what they're going to do if we do this. And I think that was, uh, they were prepared for it, obviously.
1: Scones, you can tell he's getting comfortable. He's crushing questions, dropping factoids. See, now we've got him rolling. All right, here we go. While his team was blown out by the Seahawks, Demarius Thomas set a Super Bowl single-game record for receptions, how many passes did he catch? A, 11. B, 13. C, 15. Or D, ridiculous, 17. Uh, C, 15. 13. It was 13.
2: B. 13.
1: Ah, dang it. That, you can't get them all right. My, well, this is good stuff. I haven't any of them right.
2: That's the problem.
1: Oh, re- no. Bo- boomer. Boomer. I think you're four for eight. I mean, what are yeah, we doing? Right. 50%. Come on. It's okay. What that matches your test your test scores at Maryland?
2: You know, the, right? You know the amazing thing is, is I've actually broadcast all these Super Bowls. I can't remember them.
1: <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can. Hey, newsflash! I've watched them all. I can't remember them all. all right, here we go. Along with catching a TD, Jacoby Jones returned a kickoff for a TD that stands as the longest play in Super Bowl history. How long was the return? In order. A, 101, B, 103, C, 105, or D, 108 yards?
2: 108 yards.
1: My man, he's back. All right, 46, Eli Manning, following the Giants' glorious win editorial over the Patriots, became the fifth player with multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Which of these quarterbacks is not a member of that exclusive club? A, Peyton Manning, B, Tom Brady, C, Terry Bradshaw, or D, Joe Montana? That would be Peyton Manning. He's on a roll. See, just when you start degrading yourself, look at this. (laughs) Here we go. All right. With a 31-25 win over the Steelers, the Packers join the Giants and Washington franchises as the only two to do which of the following? A, win Super Bowls as an underdog. B, win a Super Bowl as a wild card team. C, win the Super Bowl with three different starting quarterbacks. Or D, play in the Super Bowl in three different decades. C, he's on fire. You're crushing these. All right, here we go. go. During um, his his team's 31-17 win over the Colts, the hottest name in coaching right now, Mr. Sean Payton, became the earliest coach in Super Bowl history to attempt what? A, a two-pointer, B, a fake punt, C, a fake field goal, D, an onside kick. And onside I know you're kick. getting this. Onside and kick. And another one. Yeah. All right. By virtue of the Steelers' 27-23 win over the Cardinals, Mike Tomlin became the youngest head coach to win the Super Bowl. How old was he, Booms? A, 35, B, 36, C, 37, or D, 38?
2: He was 35 years old, I believe.
1: 36.
2: 36. Well, it was
1: close. It's close enough. I give it to you. All right, here we are. Now, this one's theater of the absurd, and don't feel bad. What color hoodie did Bill Belichick wear (laughs) during his most infamous Super Bowl loss? the fashion that is bill belichick oh God. a blue b gray c black or d red
2: i'm gonna say d red
1: nailed it you could have i i, I could have gotten four guesses i don't know that i've ever seen him in red but yep, yeah, you got that it was
2: first i remember because i remember talking about it and talking about how unique and odd it looked
1: well that's why he probably hadn't done it again here we go yes. For the first time in Super Bowl history, Super Bowl 41, the game started with what? A, an onside kick, B, a touchdown on the first play, C, a kickoff return for touchdown, or D, a touchback.
2: What, what Super Bowl was
1: this? 41.
2: I'm going to say that was a kickoff return for a touchdown.
1: Scones, I can't, I can't shake this guy. He's on fire. Here we go. Yes, he's he's killing it. I like how he he takes the expectations down so he gets to over deliver. This is tremendous. Very nice. All right, here we go. Super Bowl forty with his team ahead to start seven three to start the second half. Willie Parker extends the Steelers' lead after recording the longest run in Super Bowl history. How long was it? A sixty-five, B seventy-five, C eighty, or D eighty-five. You know this uh, answer if you think about this.
2: Oh, Will we, Oh man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighty-five yards.
1: Seventy-five. Oh!
2: Damn! So you it. know what it was, God dang it!
1: I'll give you an easy one. Which All receiver right. famously caught nine passes for 121 yards? Playing through a severely sprained ankle well, and a fractured fibula. Bang! Tar- Next, Terrell Owens. Yes, I ain't even giving you the rest. All right, um, let's go to after a score. Oh, here's the last one. After a scoreless third quarter, Panthers Patriots exploded for 37 points in the final quarter. The scoring included the longest pass play in history. Who were the quarterback and receiver? DeLong and Steve DeLone Smith,
2: and Steve Smith.
1: It was DeLome and noted Michigan State Spartan oh, legend, Moussa
0: Muhammad, Moussa
1: Moussin Mohammed, Muhammad. And we're both old because yes. Moussin's kid was at Texas A&M this past year.
2: <laughs> I should have let you give me the, uh, the, the, uh, the answers first. Oh.
1: I lo- oh, my God. I loved him at state. We had him and Derek Mason and still didn't win Bupkus. All right, listen. I wanted to have a little fun with you. I think you did just fine. Now we can get to the serious stuff because we got our last news and notes of the year and Boomer's going to drop some predictions on you, places where guys are going to land. We got quarterbacks meeting with teams. We got teams who can't find coaches. It's chaos and we love every moment of it. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. He's at the Super Bowl and I'm sitting in the rain.
0: Now, back to
1: kickoff with Buller, Esiason, and Mike Valenti. All right, last segment of the season, and we've got a ton of issues to cover, so let's, uh, let's dive right in. I have to start with this. This is oxygen for me. Sean Payton cutting Russell Wilson at the knees. Payton was asked about Russell Wilson's personal quarterback coach and entourage and access in the facility, and Payton looked back and just went, I've never heard of it, but that ain't happening here. So, Booms, how does Russ respond to this? Because a new sheriff is in town.
2: Yeah, I don't think he has any choice but to respond the right way. And the right way would be, Mike, uh... to be the professional that he was prior to turning into this uber celebrity off the field he's got to be more genuine as a leader for the broncos and i think that's what sean payton's going to try to get out of him i I liken this to when bill parcells took over the jets from richie kotite he brought in a, a level of discipline brought in some of his players that he had from other spots and all of a sudden turned the Jets around to being a contender because of the disciplined nature. And remember, Sean Payton is from that tree. So I think this is a good thing for Russell Wilson. I think it's a great thing for the Broncos because they get the best coach out there, a guy that's not going to mess around, and somebody that's not going to be intimidated by you know Russell Wilson and his uber celebrity. So uh, it could be combustible, I will say that. And it may be, which would make it fun for all of us, because it doesn't matter. They're still in probably the toughest division in football.
1: Uh, Real quick question, because you just brought up a name, and I swear to God, after he lost his gig, I never heard of him again. It's two guys. They're both New York coaches. Rich Kotite for the Jets and Ray Hanley for the Giants. Did did they go into witness protection?
2: I think uh, Rich is still (laughs) living in Staten Island, believe it or not, Mike. I'm not sure where Ray Hanley is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, all I can tell you is that, uh, you know, Richie got uh, handed the keys to the car with the jets and probably in a little bit in over his head to say the least. And he oh, recognized gotcha. that after two years and that's why he went without a whimper and, uh, Bill Parcells saw what that team needed. It just needed some discipline and that's why he got them back on track.
1: All right, Derek Carr. Oh boy. N- multiple meetings as, a, as we sit here, he's back at the saints facility. Does it get done? And is this the right fit for both parties?
2: Yeah, I say yes and yes. And the reason I think this is going to get done because uh, the Saints really want him. And, you know, the Saints are familiar with him. Um, Dennis Allen is familiar with him. He was his first coach when they drafted him. Uh, So they know each other really well. The Saints are going all in on this, I believe. Um, I don't know what kind of offer they're going to give him. It's got to be a significant offer. But if they are... You know, agreeing to a trade with the Raiders—that means that they are setting an offer up for him. And if I were Derek Carr, I would get the hell out of the AFC. I wouldn't think about the Jets. I wouldn't think about anything else. I would go to the NFC because that would be my best chance to get back to the playoffs, especially in that division, and especially uh, given the fact that all the great quarterbacks, at least the young ones, anyway, as we see right now, are all residing in the in the AFC.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's interesting too. I mean. It, I, I understand it was, a, it was a bad situation this year. They had no quarterback play whatsoever. Booms, they have weapons. And you just nailed it. They're in a division that's infinitely winnable. And if I'm Derek Carr, I want to have success. I got a taste of it last year. It makes sense to me. It does. And
2: You know, the other thing, like, uh, when you brought up the fact that Lamar Jackson being traded to Atlanta, this is why uh. that would make a ton of sense. Because, you know, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I don't think I'm winning a Super Bowl in the AFC right now. He may not feel that way. I'm just, I'm kind of speaking that way for him. And I'd want to try to get myself out of there and go somewhere where I feel like I'm more appreciated. And I think that he would do that for Atlanta.
1: Did you see Arthur Blank's comment? We are extremely excited about Desmond Ritter. Yes. Did he say that with a straight face?
2: That ain't selling tickets. That ain't selling skyboxes. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah. No, no one is calling up. and going, listen, my corporation must be at these games because of the presence of Desmond Ritter. (laughs)
2: Come on. (laughs) Exactly.
1: All right. I have to bring this one up. This is, I'm just going to drop this right in your lap, and you do whatever you want. Roger Goodell on officiating quote. I don't think it's ever been better in this league. And then he goes on to explain that there's 42,000 plays a season and we're all just blessed that there's not millions of mistakes. Boomer. How can he say that with what's going on here the last few weeks?
2: All right, what do you want him to say? I mean, that's like when people ask me this question, I'm like, I don't know. He's the commissioner of the league. He wants to make sure he supports everybody within the league. He knows that he's got an issue with uh, officiating, but he's never going to come out and say it the way that we would like him to say it. So this is all here's po- how. political posturing and things of that all nature. So tell me how.
1: Here's how Here's how we do Guys, it doesn't matter what you do in life, what business you run or who you are, you can always be better, and we're going to strive to continue to be better. Next question, please. It can't be. It's never been better in the history of Earth. Stop.
2: Stop. <laughs> well, I mean, this, it's the political answer for a commissioner who is trying to deal with a problem that they know that they have. And if they didn't one. think they had a problem, they wouldn't go to this expedited replay the way they have gone to it in this playoffs. Yeah. So they recognize that they have an issue. So the do they have the, the them... guts
1: to do an expedited replay in the Super Bowl?
2: Oh, of course they do. 100% they will. Okay. If it, if it, if it in fact, shows itself,
1: I, I guarantee you they will. All right. Purdy, set for surgery, set to be ready for camp. So here's the question. Week one, your opinion, knowing what you know, which is damn near everything, who starts for the Niners week one, 2023?
2: You know, I believe what George Kittle said this week out here in uh, in Arizona, and that is that it's Purdy's job to lose. And I believe that. I believe he showed enough and, and had enough moxie and enough poise and played well enough that you know he's got to be the starter going into uh, the season next next year. So if he is healthy and he's able to compete in camp, I believe he's their day one starter. Now, if there's some sort of complication after the injury, uh, that may not be the case. So so that's I'm going to hedge my bet. I'm going to say if he's healthy and he's ready to go, he's the starter week one.
1: Yeah, the other thing too, and I certainly don't know it. I I would lean on you for this. Is just you know, is there a, are there people in that organization go, hey, newsflash? Do you remember how much we've invested in Trey Lance? You know, that's what fans don't realize is how there are these power struggles, and sometimes people, people want to be right more than they want success, and that's a dangerous thing. I'm not saying that's the case here. I'm saying, man, they gave up a lot, and to go forward with a seventh rounder. That takes guts.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a seventh rounder who played exceptionally well, and I think he's yeah. a fan favorite. I, I don't That's think the, the other problem, isn't Trey it? I don't think they love Trey Lance. I think they love Brock yeah. Purdy.
1: All right, so here's another name you've brought up, and I'm going to be very disappointed when he's not in a Giants uniform next year, but you continue to be flirtatious about it. Is T. Higgins a Bengal week one next year?
2: You know, the the practical person in me says no. The guy who has watched the NFL all these years and watched A.J. Brown get traded, watched Tyree yep. Kill get traded, watched Christian Kirk get traded, uh, watched all these guys getting these uh, these big deals after three years of a four-year contract. And the reason why this is really interesting is because what happens with Joe Burrow? And is Joe Burrow going to take less? Is T Higgins going to take less? You know, for Joe Burrow, if he wants to keep this group together – He can't get $50 million a year like he's worth. He's got to take $40 million a year, and then maybe they can fit everybody, you know, and they can stay together for the next five years.
1: Yeah, but but wouldn't the union go crazy if he did that?
2: they would. They would, and that's the problem. So T. Higgins is making good money not great money and good money is like 2.8 million this year i think next year in the fourth year of his contract is like four million he is a 16 to 22 million dollar guy maybe even 18 to 22 million dollar guy that's yeah, why uh, i yeah. believe the practical guy in me tells me that he's not going to be playing for the Bengals next year regardless of what they're all saying right now because i don't think it really has anything uh, to do with anything other than joe burrow taking less money than what the union's going to want him to take
1: Yeah, and Boomer, it's easy for me to say, but just outside looking in, like, hey, I'm a Giants fan, here's pick 25, T, here's five at 100. 65 guaranteed. Welcome to Manhattan. Yes. That's, to me, it's just easy. He's a stud. He's an absolute stud. Um, All right, let's go from stud to dud. Kyler Murray. This is is an unbelievable deal here in Arizona, where, unlike the Colts situation, where it is this weird search and the owner's tweeting, Arizona has wanted to hire people and can't. Kyler Murray seems to be the sticking point. That He's radioactive. Guys do not want to work with him. Well, now it seems to be down to two names. One is Lou Anaromo, who we both love. You've talked about him a bunch. And then Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator. Boomer, am I crazy in thinking both these guys would be better off just staying away from this, this sinking ship?
2: It's easy for us to say that, but it's one of 32 jobs, and it comes along with a pretty big paycheck. I would think that anybody worth their weight probably went in to talk to Michael Bidwell and said, "Look, uh, we're not going to have a great year. You have to be, a, you have to realize that." And there's a very good chance that we may have the first pick in the 2024 draft. And if we do, we're taking a kid out of. And I know we, you and I, go back and forth in this, but for me, it's Caleb Williams out of USC. Oh, he's a stud. So, And I don't know if the Bidwells are going to be looking at that and saying, okay, I mean, you got to be honest. He's not going to be ready until the middle or the latter part of the season, Kyler Murray, that is. So this team is not going to be in a position to be a winning football team anytime soon. So there's going to be some growing pains here, and I think that's why legitimate head coaches that have been head coaches elsewhere would turn this thing down. Now, for these two guys, this may be their only shot at the apple, so they may have to take that bite and unfortunately, if it is Mike Kafka from the New York Giants, I know Giant fans like yourself are not going to be happy because he was a big reason why Daniel Jones had a renaissance year this year or a resurgence year.
1: No doubt. Uh, Jets, week one, who starts?
2: Man, I don't know. Did you hear Woody Johnson this week out in Phoenix? Oh, my God. He goes, it's a plug-and-play position quarterback for the Jets. Great defense, great running game. we got really good special teams. And I'm like, good luck finding one. I would have to say if I had to put my hat on, I'll say Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Ugh. All right, let's talk darkness retreats. Aaron Rodgers. Well, I can't. He's a wacko. I can't take it. All right, where's Rogers playing Vegas?
2: You know, you say uh, darkness retreats. That that would be the quarterback for the Jets. That that would be a good spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, you walk into that. the dark and no one ever sees you again.
2: Exactly. Um, you know, I think he's going to be the quarterback for the Vegas Raiders. That's what I
1: think. Okay, Lamar, call your shot.
2: Lamar, try to get yourself to Atlanta. I'm with you, Mike, 100 percent on that. It makes too much sense. Yes. And I think it would be a great thing for the Atlanta Falcons. And then Jim Harbaugh and his group can go find another quarterback and figure out a new offense to run and and try to reconfigure, you know, what the Ravens are doing.
1: Let's finish with this because I thought it was interesting. D. Maurice Smith, his comments on the combine. Did you catch this? Just for I the did. people. He goes, think about it. The NCAA and the NFL structure a combine during what should be every football player's last semester in college. Who decides it's a good idea to take your son and exclusively try out for the NFL's way of getting into the league? Unless you're a free agent, you have to be invited. As soon as you show up, you waive all your medical rights. You not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions. I think it's horrible, and I don't want to poo-poo any of it, but would you want your son to spend hours inside of an MRI and then be evaluated by 32 separate teams What's the reason to decrease your value? Boomer, what is your take on all that?
2: So in 1984, I complained about the same thing while I was in an elevator in New Orleans. Going up to my room, I was ticked off. And who was in there? Dan Henning, who was then coaching the Atlanta Falcons. I didn't know he was in that elevator. It was too crowded. And I was complaining openly about all this. And guess what? They took me off the draft board because I was going to be a pain in the ass and they didn't want to draft me and they needed a quarterback. So I understand where uh, where D. Smith is coming from here. It's a tough situation because the combine has been such a popular thing, Mike. Uh, So I I kind of agree with what he's saying. I just just wish there was a better way for this to be run because I do think it's important for players to get in front of these coaches and in front of these scouts and in front of these owners if they want to really impress those guys and make the money that they're going to make.
1: All right. Well, listen, uh, fellas, final word for me is thank you. It's been fabulous. Boomer, appreciate it. Uh, you know what? You had a little blind faith in a guy from Detroit. I think it's worked out pretty damn well. We're going to do this again next year. Scones, Eddie Scazzari, all the guys, you guys have been fabulous. I've had a blast doing it, and I can't wait to keep doing it. So that's my final word, Boomer. Do me a favor. Will you please go get some rest? I all right, we get need some you rest. This weekend thank you, you Mike, a for a
2: great season. Yes, thank you for the a man. great season. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone.
1: You got it, guys. We will talk to you soon. It's Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's Kickoff kickoff. with
0: Boomer and Valenti.